Stag. Man and his amazing friends. Hey, everybody. Uh, this is uh, another episode of Stegman and His Amazing Friends, Ryan Stegman's podcast uh, that he does every week with his, you know, main amazing friend uh, that continues to stick around for most all of the episodes. We haven't had another amazing friend on for a good long while, but we don't need one uh, because, Donnie, you're, you're all that we need. How are you doing this week, Donnie? I'm doing great, man. Um, I I am I'm very honored to be doing this podcast right now. I'm so honored that uh, so many so many people have been um, reacting to some of our cool teasers and news yeah. uh, that we can kind of get into. But um, mainly, obviously, uh, if I may if I may uh, tell a, a a very a very brief story uh, before. Um, Scott and I get into it. Um, I in like in like 2007, 2008, 2009, 2010, I was a retailer and ran my own line of comic book shops and didn't know what I I, I, I really I really wanted to be a retailer like more than anything else. Like I would if my shops hadn't closed down, I'd probably still be doing that to this day because I was so happy to to be doing that. And as a fan, you know, you start reading these books and then a new writer takes over that you maybe haven't heard of be, be, before. And you start reading, you know, you've been reading, you know, detective comics for since you were a little kid. And then all of a sudden you start reading it and you go, you, you you flip back to the front cover and you go wait who the, who who the fuck is this you know <laughs> and then you start seeing that name you know and I I unboxed like boxes of Black Mirror and you know um, I remember sitting down in a Barnes and Noble and picking up um, the, the first. The first trade of, uh, um, you know, um, you and uh, Scott and Capullo's, uh, you know, absolutely definitive groundbreaking run on Batman and reading like the first 10 pages and being like, you know what, fuck it. I'm going over to the shelves and I'm buying every single one of these. And um, is absolutely like uh-huh. one of the biggest influencers, like like biggest influences on my career. And uh, one of the coolest things about my job is that like two of my favorite writers on the, on the planet are Jason Aaron and Scott Snyder, and they are the biggest influences on, on how I shape and how I look at comics and what comic books should be. And I am so unbelievably fortunate to call both of them friends and um, honored beyond belief to have the one and only legend Scott Snyder here in our podcast. So, Scott, thank you so much for being here, man. Oh, no, it's a pleasure, brother. Thank you for that intro. I've been I've been hoping to get on here with you guys and get to sing your praises, too, man. I, I really appreciate all the great reads especially Venom, Absolute Carnage, all of it. Like, I, I'm totally hooked, you know? So I I, I uh, really commend everything you're doing. And I think there's kind of a weird, you know, myth, as you and I joke about a lot, that there's some kind of rivalry between Marvel or DC or between creators at the companies. And the, the, the funny thing is, like, 
not only do we talk as friends all the time, but I feel like I've told you stuff coming up and my stuff, and sometimes you tell me stories, and the whole fun is knowing how good the material is, you know, right. across the aisle, and you're going to read something that inspires you. So you guys are certainly kicking ass right now, so it's a it's a pleasure to get to I, I've I've to often you. said that between you and Capullo and between me and Stegman that there's a strong case for there being the Silver Age, the Bronze Age, the Modern Age, and the Metal Age. <laughs> you know, like, we... Um, I, I think that... You and I have a very, a very healthy uh, um, uh, uh, competition, um, but like you, you and I were talking about it earlier uh, on the phone before we started talking. Is that like, I think that there is this thing that fans think that like, oh, you know, Scott Snyder and Donny Cates must like, you know, like hate the fact that like, oh, you know, you know, this his book outsold that book for that month or this and you know everything and like scott and i don't give a shit like we (laughs) we just we just really enjoy each other's work and like it continue to be inspired by it like i i i i definitely see things in 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 your work that like i've always said that like you and jason aaron are the two guys that like I see things in your books that I say that's exactly how I would have pulled that off. Like uh, right back at you, man. And Jason for me was the biggest influence coming in too because he's like a few years before I broke in, you know. So Scalped was kind of the stuff they gave me when right. I was working for Vertigo and his early his Ghost Rider and all that stuff that he was doing real early on. And so oh, how good is that Ghost Rider run? Oh my god, I have the whole omnibus. Dude, it's like right here. Yeah. You, can and I, I can I can I ask you something because that's yeah. really interesting. That Ghost Rider run for me was so informative about taking a character that didn't have much of a backstory right. and right. being able to go in there and like flesh it out. And I see you do that in, with like Court of Owls and like and, and you with Venom, same yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. And I got that. I totally got that from Jason Aaron's Ghost Rider run yeah. of like being able to add of being of uh, this idea of being an additive writer. Additive. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think that's like, that's the thing. And the other thing that I love about Jason and what I, I love about your writing and the people that I gravitate towards the most as writers, like Lemire and then, you know, James Heinen coming up after me and all that stuff. Absolutely. I love when people can write <laughs> like multiple platforms and multiple genres the way you do with like you're capable of doing a giant event like absolute carnage you know all of that and then you can also do god country and i still know it's you because the priorities of the storytelling the right. same for jason like i can read the goddamned and i can read thor or i can read oh absolutely. you know same thing with lemire like lemire i can read yeah. sentient like some yeah. small book he's doing over here and then read, uh, you know, his Animal Man or any of it, and you're like, that's Jeff Lemire, and that, that Have I think part of it is like being able to, to write from a place where you're trying to, add to the characters' mythology, you're trying to come in and do something fun, you're trying to invite people in, and then you're trying to say something personal, you know, it's all and I, it's I that. Think that I think yeah. that you and I both get sometimes a lot of flack, not a lot of flack, but like. <clears throat> 
when you when when you come onto a run and the word retcon is thrown around, I think incorrectly a lot. It's just finding little pieces where stories haven't been told. You know, yeah. it's not it's not saying this thing didn't happen. Like it's you know like our Venom run, you know we didn't retcon the origins of the symbiote. We just told you a new piece of things and that's the same thing as like court of owls like you didn't erase anything that came before um which i really quick just as as an aside we should probably talk about um what we're doing here um because i have so much to ask you um because i'm not gonna bore you with any of the how did you break into comics bullshit because uh you and i both get that question a billion times and it's googleable so if you want to know how scott broke into comics you can go and look it up um uh, but i want to know about process i want to know about about geeky writer stuff so but before i before i say that i wanted to say that um we're actually doing some some something cool that has actually never kind of been done um, as you and I are talking, and of course Ryan's gonna uh, chime in, and Ethan's Ethan's gonna chime in and stuff. But Ryan is gonna be doing a live drawing as we're talking of uh, a character that you and the infamous Mister Capullo um, created, uh, the Batman who laughs, um, and it's a character that Ryan's segment has never drawn before, so it's an original. A 100% original, and at the end of the show, uh, at the end of, or whenever the piece is finished, uh, we are going to mail that that finished piece around, and it'll be signed by not only Ryan uh, and myself, but by you, Scott, and yep. by Mr. Greg Capullo himself, and we're going to put it up online and auction it off for charity. So um, it'll be, it's a 100% like one of a piece, like one of a kind piece of art, you know, drawn by an artist who has never drawn that character. And I don't think that there exists a piece of anything that the four of us have, have, have ever signed, you know? Yeah, probably not. Until we do Marvel versus DC, and then I'm sure we'll be doing a lot of them. <laughs> Um, um, but Scott, really quick, I wanted to ask you, um, because, um, uh, um, you know, Ryan and I, when we first got together, we were kind of, uh, paired up in a way that I've heard you tell stories that is, is kind of similar, uh, where, um, and I'm not saying anything that Ryan hasn't heard before, uh, when I when I got the job of Venom, I I'm such a Venom like nut job, uh, and just had such passion for the character and like what you're reading now, going into this big event that we're about to launch that we're kind of teasing and stuff. Um, this was all like uh, planned out for like five years, you know. But I I didn't I didn't have an artist partner. It was all just like a Bible that I had written. Right. And then Marvel came to me and said like, Hey, you know, what, a, you know, Stegman I think is the guy. And I remember telling them, no, like, I don't, 
I don't want Stegman on the book, and not because, because I, you I hated me. Uh, because <laughs> I hated you. Yeah, no, no, be, not because of that. Because Stegman had just come off of like Venom Inc. and a bunch of Spider-Man stuff, and I wanted someone who was like, like as new to me to the pantheon. You know, I wanted someone who was, you know, fresh, and then. I got on a phone call with Ryan Stegman. Devin Lewis, our editor, was like, um, "Will you just call him and just see how you get along and like tell him your story?" And that what was supposed to be a twenty-minute phone call turned into a four-hour conversation that has now led to Ryan Stegman being legitimately my best friend on the planet. And I feel like your story is so kind of similar but from a different kind of angle. And I want to know, I guess the question I'm asking is you're, you're doing um, a huge book right now um, that I definitely want you to talk about. Sure. But when you first started talking with Capullo, how much of what you're doing now was in the plan? Oh, death metal. I mean, death yeah. metal has been there since we pitched metal so that was there 2016 so it's the same kind of thing where it's about a four-year plan but i mean honestly the landscape at these it's different i feel like i always kind of said and maybe i'm talking way out of school so apologies if i'm like you know not being diplomatic the way i normally should but it's late in terms of i've been up for like a long time with this baby and uh i'm ready for We're a weekend all friends so. here. We're but I always felt like I always felt like you know my time at DC. DC was more like the Wild West a bit, where it was like, you know, you you didn't know if like you because it was so volatile in terms of like it changed so rapidly in terms of initiatives and things we were doing, and there was a much more kind of uh, impulsive kind of feel to the whole landscape. And I, when I had the opportunity to go to Marvel or DC, I remember being like. DC's like the Wild West where, like, you could find gold in the hills or you could get, like, shot on Main Street. And right, because no- you, <laughs> you, know I mean? you did do some Marvel work. And I feel like did, that, yeah. like, you know. Yeah, I remember, had, I remember I had the opportunity to go to either one, actually. I don't know if I've ever talked about that, but I, I was it was more, it was like a real fork in the road. And DC, they, uh, they just, they were much more, um, you know, they were like, well, do you want to do Detective Comics backups? And I, that's all I was ever supposed to do at that point. But that was enough to be like, yes, I will I will go to D.C. if I can write Batman and stuff, even if it's just six pages in can the I, back. Can I tell you something uh, funny that, that happened uh, just that you probably never knew? Uh, when you were doing American Vampire, I was reading that and I was about to do Scarlet Spider and we didn't have a writer yet. And I was like, we should get the Scott Snyder guy. And they were like, no, I don't think so. And then like two weeks later, it was like, Scott Snyder's writing Batman. I was like, oh. Okay. <laughs> they, they actually, you know what they had me doing was they, they, um, they were talking to me, and I would have loved to do it because I love the series, but about doing the Oz, the Scotty Young, Oz, the second oh, part yeah. of that. And then doing, um, I was talking to Janine back when Janine was there, Schaefer. Right about doing like a shield thing for before Hickman did all that stuff too so it was like I, I mean I was I, w- I would have been happy either way but it was more like DC was the place where I was kind of like I'm gonna go to the frontier and stake my claim and maybe die or Marvel right. felt more organized and more mm. more like there was more of a system and more of a more of a kind of 
more oversight in a good way and in a bad way at that time. You're talking like 20, you know, 2008, 2009, 2010. Yeah, that's when I was running my comic shops. Yeah. Yeah. And when I got into DC, it was, it was that way. It was like, I got on, uh, I, I, they gave me the backups in Detective, and so I started writing The Black Mirror, but it was all Gordon, and it was all uh, James Jr., and then Paul Dini, who was doing the features, just happened to leave, and he, uh, they were like, do you want the whole thing? And I was just terrified. Right. I was like, yeah, sure, you know? And uh, yeah. and I had to argue with them at that time, too, where it was, DC was that kind of place where you could be like, they would they would make these weird, it was just always kind of like a, it was always kind of like you never knew. You just kind of rolled the dice. So I remember being Mark Bagley was on the book, and I, I love Mark Bagley, but I was like that wasn't the right thing, you know, for that. And so I remember being right. like I'm a nobody, and I'm gonna ask if I can work with Jock instead of Mark Bagley. And it was Mike Marks who was kind of like if you if you can get Jock, who's never gonna work with you, to do that book with you, and you don't know him, I didn't know him, then I'll let you do it. And so I had to. I went to San Diego that year on my own dime. And my whole goal was to meet Jock and, and convince him to do that story with me. And so he was really nice. He was like, I'll meet with you. Mark well, Jock's, Jock's also maybe one of the nicest human beings who's ever oh, walked he, face he here. I have a bone in his body. Unless, unless you get, if you start talking football, like soccer with him in a way that's aggressive, he, that's the only weird. <laughs> I, 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 I've never, him. I've never had the pleasure. <laughs> it's very, I'm telling you, it's like this weird button you push and he's just like, don't you fucking and you're like whoa (laughs) it's pretty amazing but like so i went to san diego and i met him and i met him in this bar and i remember mike martz had been like you're never gonna get him but go ahead you know do your best and so i was like chuck i know you're a big star and i'm nobody and da 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 but like this is the story and i pitched it and i was so afraid of like of not he also we were drinking in this bar and he's much bigger dude than me and he's like a englishman and i was trying to keep up with him I couldn't, and I was like, if I don't, if I'm not even like having a, a couple drinks, he's gonna think I'm a total. Well, how am I gonna write Batman with him, whatever? And so I was just like, by the end, I was so nervous, and I hadn't eaten, I was like, just a mess. But I'm like, and that's when James Jr. this, and he was like, you know what, Squat? He was like, I like it, let's do it. And I remember wow. going back to my hotel room and typing an email to Mike Martz and being like, guess what, Martz? You know what I mean? That was <laughs> awesome. Jock is in, and I literally fell asleep with my hand on the end, where I was like, like that. And uh, anyway, the the point I'm trying to make is that coming over to to DC at that time, it really was almost like I I thought there'd be opportunity, but the opportunity that was afforded me was so beyond anything that I thought that I spent my first three or four years there terrified all the time, like like anxiety, yeah. terrified, like telling my wife, like, I don't think I can do this terrified, like, all of that. You know, I didn't want to, I didn't want to be on you're, Batman. You're, 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 you're describing me right now. Well, imagine, like, <laughs> that's, you, know, but you, you, you have some stuff under your belt before you're on a character you love. Like, you've, you've done great work already and that stuff, too, but I know you've had a rocket ship ride, and I know you and I talk about this and the pressures yeah. of it, friends. But, like, same thing here, where it was like, I didn't want to have Batman until I had years under my belt if I ever got of practice because I didn't want to fuck it up and go on there and be like, I'm on my favorite character. But I had that before I had done any other DC comics. So I was convinced I was fucking it up from day one. So I was a nightmare. Well, I was of anxiety. You know, I dude, I'm, I'm, I'm still in the middle of it. I mean, I've, I've only been, 
remember I, m- I remember there was a New York Comic Con where I I I took you aside and I I was kind of free. Do you remember this? I do. Uh, but you remember I, San Diego where I, I I had a bad time last time where I'm like you know yelling and upset and all this like I mean I we, yeah, we still sure. go through it. You know what it, I mean? It, it, I mean you you know you you do what you got to do. You got to do the work. You know, but like the um like you're one of the only guys that like um i struggle to say this because i i I would never want to ever people to think that i i'm comparing myself to you uh because i have so much to learn uh still from you and i i I still i still continually learn from reading your books but but that 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 public perception at the very least of being an overnight success of being a you know because like i i i am a 10 year overnight success like i you know i was doing a bunch of image books and indie books but it wasn't until i got to marvel where the rocket ship and i've only been at marvel for three going on four years now and it's just been insane and so like you're the guy that i took aside at new york and i was like i was like dude how 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 do you handle this like like, i told you i was like i i completely fucked up the first few years meaning like i you know i and i i see you handling it a lot better than i did i mean i the work the for me i'm you're similar to me like the work it never you never see it in the work in terms of like if I have anxiety or I'm, I'm, I'm having panic attacks about it all the time, yeah. my personal life suffers, my marriage suffers, my, you know, all of that, which was the first few years on Batman where I really right. put my yeah. family a lot, but my, and you know, I, and I was, you know, I, I was daring bosses to fire me. I mean, I'll tell you, this is, this is like the story that I, I think I told you this then, but you know, with the work I can, I can sit there and do it and be just, I almost like, it almost makes me more intense about being like, I'm going to make the best thing I've ever made, but I'm right. so terrified of it not being as good as I hope it is and everybody hating it. That exactly. I'm going to almost like blow my life up, even though I'm yeah. putting everything in there. Exactly. As much as exactly. So, yeah. So I remember like it was right around the time Court of Owls was finishing or whatever. And I was I was just like so because, again, I didn't even want to do Batman number one, you know, any of that stuff. Like I I, I was just happy hiding under Grant Shadow. And all of that, and and by that time, I remember I went to New York Comic Con, and I went to the DC party. They had like a you know a, a like a DC company party, and uh, I I uh, I was argue I went there and I started arguing with Dan Dio about schedule stuff and all of this. It was mostly again, it was like it was one of those self destructive things where you're like you're basically asking to get fired because the pressure is so much, you know, and you don't realize it later on as you, as you get wiser, you're like, I was totally asking for it. And I was just like, you know, man, you never do what you say you're going to do and blah, 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 and blah, 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 like this, you know, and a lot, it's, he's the boss. And a lot of people were watching this and, you know, I wasn't really aware of it. And my wife kind of was like, look, let's just stop. It's a, it's a party. Let's just go. I'm like, fine, whatever. And then I left and I went straight from there to the marble one, just as a kind of fuck you to DC because I was so angry. And I went to the marble party. And by the time I got to the marble party, which you guys know is only what, 10, 15 blocks away. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Everybody at that party knew that I had gone into a fight with Dan DiDio and was asking me about it. 
And I remember just being, they were like, did you get into a physical fight with da da da? And I remember it was, it was Tom, like not to call him out, but like Tom Rebord actually is one of the people that the next day, you know, got in touch and was kind of like up with a bunch of friends and was like, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta just get yourself under control, you know, where yeah. you're, or, you know, I wasn't that, I was never, I was always like with fans and with friends and with, yeah. I was never, I'm never that yeah. guy, like, but with you bosses, I, you know, and that, so, you know, it's, it, it gets to you, man, you know? You and I have such a similar path because like, because like I, I had a really fucking bad time. I, I, I think it's pretty public knowledge that I was um, like right at the height of like my Marvel stuff happening and everything. I went through a divorce and I was kind of, you know, I had I had dedicated so much to myself to wanting to be the best and like wanting to be, you know, all these things that I had kind of let the life shit fall apart. You know, yeah. and 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 it was and, and and I remember like Joe Casada taking me aside at that same New York Comic Con and taking me aside and saying like, "Hey man, you look like shit. Like you've lost weight. Like like are you are you okay? Like like can you can you do this?" And me being and and me being very honest with him and being like, "This is." all i can do you know yeah. like like doing doing the work is what is saving me right now you know yeah, and then and then and then i had to go on stage at like the big you know not hall h but like the big you know you've been on those yeah. stages yeah. The, the big yeah i know the that. big I, the big marvel or dc where there's hundreds of people there you know and i was scared shitless because i had just had this kind of like massive panic attack um at, at you know when 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 Joe Casada, like your childhood like hero, takes you aside and is just like, hey, can can you do this job? You know, it's it, it's so it's so scary, you know. And me me telling him like, Joe, right now, honestly, all I can do is this job, and like you, like I'm. I'm I'm good, dude. Like I'm I'm good, but then it, it, I was so shaken by it that I remember. It's so funny that you bring up Tom Brevoort because we were all waiting in the wings to go out. It was me and Hickman and Jason and Dan Slot and everybody, and we were about to go out. And I was about to be announced on um, God. I think it might have been Thor or or. I think it might or, have been Venom. Uh, it, yeah, it might have been Venom. It, it was going to be a big announcement for me, but I was in like no mental shape to be in front of a crowd. And Tom Brevoort just very, very, very like quietly leaned over to me and put a hand on my shoulder, and he said, "You're you're going to be okay, son. And, like everything's like going to be everything's going to be okay, son." And and it gave me the confidence to go out there and be, you know, I always I, I always describe it. And Scott, I'm sure you you can relate that there's capital D, capital C, Donnie Cates, who's at cons. And then there's just Donnie who's at home, you know, and like sometimes it's it's a struggle to go and do that. And like, you know, 
it's such a blessing, this job that we have. And like, you know, I, I used to see pictures of you, um, that you would put on Twitter where you would leave, um, you would leave panels and people would just mob you for like signings and stuff. And I remember thinking like as a young upstart who had just started doing Thanos and stuff and thinking like, God, like, that's what I want. Like, I want that so bad. Like I want people to, to, to to love my work and for my work to bring them the happiness that 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 Scott does because because I, I I've always and I've 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 told Ryan this too uh, I, I I I to go on a brief tangent um, a, a guy on Tumblr asked me hey man like during this pandemic is it is it harder to write like how are you dealing with it and my response was, I I consider my job to be, I'm the guy who digs escape tunnels away from, from the bad world. And so is it harder? Yes, but only because I'm, I'm digging as fast as I can, you know, for you, for you guys. It's such a privilege that we have this job, you oh, know, yeah. it's such a blessing that we have these things, but that eventually did come true. Like Ryan, Ryan Stegman and I can't leave a panel room without there being, you know, 40, 50 people out there, you know, wanting, wanting the time and you, and you have to give it to them because like, that's, that's why you have your job. And well, I'm like that convention. I mean, that's, that's, that's the love, you know, that's, that's, I mean, that's the, I love that. I mean, I love the, I love going to cons and getting to meet the people that actually pick up the books and say thank you to them. I think right. the thing that that is paralyzing sometimes that I see with you too is just the the pressure of knowing how much these characters mean to people and then, you know, knowing that so many people are reading your take on them where you're trying to put something personal in them. and the, the <clears> way <throat> the way that the only way to make something original a lot of the time with a character that's as old as, you know, Spider-Man, Venom, Batman is right. to just make it personal. That's when I teach, you know, for stuff, right. that's the thing I'm proudest of is trying to explain to new writers uh, the only way you're going to tell an original story is to make it something that's about your hopes, your fears, doing it right. in a way that right. speaks to you. Your voice it's, it's is so funny. It's, it's so funny, Scott, that like I, 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 I think that, uh, you know, I don't, I don't, you know, I'm. I'm I'm still learning like how to you know I'm 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 still fucking up I'm I'm still you know getting into fights on argument on Twitter and being a fucking jackass because I'm a 35 year old fucking hothead and I'm trying to get better about it you know but like this this constant thing like there's one constant criticism of like my Venom run is that he people say that like. All it is is a self insert, and that like Donnie's just writing about his own life and like writing about his own thing. And I'm like, why? Why would that be a like? That's my job. Like that's you know like I'm I'm writing about real things. I'm writing about real pain. Like when I was going through my divorce, Venom was the book that I talked about it because yeah. Eddie. And the symbiote had been separated, you know, and I, 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 I needed that outlet. And I, I think that 
And I think maybe, I don't know, Scott, I mean, you might disagree with me on this one, but like, as long as you're staying true to the character and the character is making the the choices that, you know, you wouldn't want to write a, a, a Spider-Man story where he picks up a machine gun and goes into New York Times, starts fucking shooting everybody because you're mad, you know, about some shit. You don't want to do something like that. But, like, as long as you're true to the character, like, I think the best books ever, ever made in this industry are our books where the 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 writing shows that it's coming from yeah. a real place a real motion there's a there's a bit of a meme and i don't mean to poke i don't mean to poke fun of you scott oh, but yeah. i don't i don't mean to poke poke fun of you but as an avid reader of your batman you know mythos um you know i think i think it's no surprise to you that that sometimes you get poked at about the when I was a boy, yeah. When, when my father told me these things, right? Yeah. But like, I've I've heard people say that shit about you, and I'm like, I'm like, yeah, but the Batman story, like the DNA of the Batman story, is when I was a boy. Yeah, like <laughs> the story starts. Like the first Batman story ever written, the DNA is when I was a boy, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I love going back to that. I The person that, the first person that ever really called me out on that, it was like two years into my career, was David Brothers. And I remember he wrote a piece that was like, look at this stylistic tick. And I saw it, somebody sent it to me. And honestly, the first thing I did was write him and say thank you for writing that piece because it made yeah. me aware of it and and I actually he wound up being my editor on witches <laughs> so yeah, I mean yeah. for me I love I love yeah. that kind of you know those kinds of things too. and you know what actually you once sent me a tweet and I think you were joking I, I I I like to think that you were joking but you you had read something of mine and you made some sort of a joke of careful kid you're starting to repeat yourself and <laughs> and it's and I don't remember what it was in referral to, but uh, but it is always stuck with me of like of like of like hey careful because like you know Scott as well as I do that like there's a way to write a comic book by paint by numbers there's sure. a way to yeah. there there's a way to lay out all your double page splashes, all your double page reveals, and then end on your page 20 and, you know, just crank a thing out. Like, it, you know, you, you write enough of these things, you can do it with your eyes closed. But like, I, I, I think, I think that if, if I were to talk to, if I were to ask you this question and Jason Aaron, this question and the guys that like you and I both admire, I I always and Ryan Stegman can attest to this. Um, I I I am constantly saying, you know, to the editors when we're having summit meetings and to Ryan, like, okay, yeah, that is a that's a really clean way to get to that point. But 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 let's like let's 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 just for a second think about what's the hardest way to tell that story 
like what's the what's the what's what's the most complicated way to tell that story what's the most surprising way and the most unique way to tell that story we all know uh, the story of Spider-Man fighting Doc Ock and then he goes to jail, right? I can, you know, I can knock that out in 20 minutes and, and put it out there and that'd be fun. But like, let's all just like take a break and like take a breath and say, all right, we have it. But let's let's challenge ourselves and say, yeah, it's good. But is it perfect? You know, is it great? And um at this point, I think it's actually, it's actually a really good segue um, because Scott, I, I want, I really, really desperately want to talk to you about your, your newest project. Yeah, sure. Uh, if you don't mind, if, I, if, if you don't, your coffee. Hang on one sec. It's right here. It's like okay. I can still hear All right. you. So. All right. Well, well then, while while Scott's away, I just want to say, um, um, you know, obviously a huge fan and it has been, I've been following, you know, Scott's career for so long. And, uh, but as, as a, the, the thing, the kind of shitty thing that no one tells you when you start reading comics is that people will send you massive amounts of free comics and you will have never, you will never have any time to read them. And so like, I I I called Scott earlier this week and I just admitted to him and I was like, "Hey man, I'm sorry. I I haven't read it yet." And he was like, "Hey man, it's no big deal, you know." And and like I'm friends with so many people in comics that I'm best friends with that I haven't read most of their work, but you know, they're good people, you know. But I took I took a I I I read it twice um over the past two days and uh dark metal um it if i could if i could describe it um i want you to talk about it more because my i i want you to hype it up and 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 tell people kind of what it what it what it is um because like it's it's so it's so incredibly over the top, but so also heartfelt that I told Ryan today, and I mean this in a in a in a compliment way. Uh, and, and so Scott, please take this as it's in, intended. That Dark Metal number one feels like issue six of a thirty issue arc. Oh yeah, like you're just dropped into the middle of this thing. And and it, it, it's so it's so shocking, and it's so it it immediately sweeps the feet under your ground or or, or, the, or the ground under your feet that in a in a great in a great way. But you're kind of you're never lost, you know. Like you like you have these touchstones. And I wanted to I wanted to I wanted to I wanted to ask you something. Um, you and I both started. Um, I, I'm not. I want to be really clear about this. That like, I think it's just like a writing tick that you and I both have, and it is something that works really efficiently. That I just noticed that um, um, 
Scott, you're not going to offend me if you if the answer to this is no. Have you read Absolute Carnage? I read, uh, yeah, I read Absolute Carnage, yeah. So the first page of Absolute Carnage is a nine-panel grid of Eddie looking right down the barrel of the camera and saying, yeah, "Hey, hey, this is about to be really fucking bad. Like, I'm not gonna bullshit you. Like, this is gonna be horrible." And then I open up. That's true. I, 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 I open up. I open up Dark Metal, and it's Sergeant Rock, like looking right down the barrel of the camera and saying like, Hey, I'm not going to bullshit you kid. And I'm not, I I hope you don't take that as me like accusing you of anything, but I think it just speaks to, you know, you've influenced me. I've influenced you like that kind of thing, because when you're writing on that sort of massive scale, you do kind of have to like open that page up with like a, Hey, this is what's happening. Like, this is going to be insane. So with that said, Scott, will you, um, since, you know, um, um, the show, the show that you're on right now kind of has started life as a more Marvel centric, you know, like Venom boys kind of a thing. Um, please tell us like, what is, what is dark metal? What is metal? What are well? What the fuck are you and Capullo doing? Because good lord, that first issue is a banger. So just Thanks, man, yeah, and and I, it's funny because I remember reading uh, Absolute Carnage, and one of the things that we had, I mean, that Sergeant Rock opening. The funny thing about it was, it was the thing that I told Greg and them about back in 2017 when I was like listen, this is a war story. And I can tell you we're going to open with zombie Sergeant Rock. And the joke is he's talking to you at the beginning, being like, everything's going to be okay. And on the last page, you realize Batman has him with a black lantern ring. And da, da, da. So I remember seeing absolute yeah. courage. And then it was the calculus of like calling James and being like, if I do this, but do it in a different way, is, is it going to seem too similar or whatever it is at that point? Really? Yeah, ask you seriously. You can go like text him right now before I can even like whatever. Well, so no, I that's such a no. Really- I I no. I, I I honestly take that as like as like as like a as a as a as a compliment. Honestly, that well, you would even. I think that's pretty it's, cool. I feel like you and I have very similar priorities, right? Yes, and I, I do. I think there's like there's multiple kinds of calculus that you do when you're doing an event or you're working corporate right so when i do my own stuff the same right. way you do your own stuff the math is really just about convincing people that the world you're creating the characters you're creating you know are worth spending time with but they already care about batman superman all of that stuff and they have an investment in all kinds of opinions about corporate comics about dc about marvel they might hate marvel they might hate dc all of it so you're dealing with like three to me like three legs of a stool almost where you're like one is how do fans feel about events right now how are they how are they doing like what is the money situation in the world how do they you're asking them to buy into something big how 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 are they doing and you think about them and that there's that then there's the the calculus of like your company and the characters and how they've been perceived over the last couple years like so for death metal it's almost like the criticisms of DC, like as stuff has been really strong in different areas, it's also been really disconnected, siloed, doomsday clock, you know, which was great, didn't 
sort of affect the line because of different, you know, structural, just because of scheduling stuff, all that kind of stuff, the way that people, and I would have, we all would have hoped in, in certain ways, just because of, you know, timing and the way things hooked up, all of that kind of stuff you take into consideration. And then the third leg of the stool is just, how do you tell us, which is the most important, how do you tell a story that matters to you about the state of comics right now and what you think this company and these characters mean? Because if you're doing a big event, right? So the thing that I think that you and I see similarly and the reason why maybe we came to kind of a similar place to open up something that's an event is because this last couple of years are just a fucking mess, right? Where right. people are scared, they're angry, they're broke, they're fucking exhausted. Comics has been a shit show in many ways all over the place. Like as much as we're proud of so many things, it's also been like store closures and, you know, worries about distribution, all kinds of stuff. So when you have a character stare at the screen and say, like the, 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 the reason that I did that with Sergeant Rock and the reason I pitched it that way was that that's a love letter to the retailers and the fans where it's not just yeah. going to be bad out there. It's telling the retailers and them, I'm sorry that everything has been so crazy in the world and for you and it's been hard. That's, he's talking to them and I had to read the issue to retailers a month before it came out. And I remember just saying, like, this page is for, you know, this is for you guys saying thank you for what you do. You are the people that show up even when everything is shitty. And, you know, you show up anyway out of love. You're the soldiers that don't go away. And that's Sergeant Rock saying to you, we're going to go have some fun. We're going to beat this together. I hadn't even I, I hadn't even thought of it like that. That's fucking awesome, man. We we yeah, we, we, we just did that. But you you do think of it that way, because the way that I see it with you you might not you might not deliberately do it like I'm I'm just very calculated about it too just to try and I I'm I, I, neurotic and I kick it the tires a million times about the best way to convey it but what you're doing with absolute carnage is you're drawing me in by saying on that first page listen like this event is going to be something that I'm going to approach stylistically in a different way and I'm telling you I know you're I know you're expecting something to start a certain way, but I'm going to do it differently. And that grabs me. It says Donnie's going to do this in a way that, you know, fits his style, that's going to be about the characters in his own way. And that's Capullo and I try and do that too, the way you and Ryan do, where it's like, yeah. I yeah. want you to feel like you're getting something from us that's personal, that's mainline from our, you know, kind of creative matrix to you just being like, right. we won't get this from someone else and we're not going to give you the, the same paint by numbers. I, I think and that's that the way I feel like you too. I think that I think that something um, <clears throat> um, really quick, like I, I, a long time ago, um, one of my editors uh, um, kind of called me called me out in a very nice way, and said that um, it was Nick Lowe. I'll I'll give him credit. He's a great great uh, editor Nick. who I, I I love Nick Lowe. He said he said you know there's something about your writing that I couldn't pin down. Uh, for a long time, but it, it just occurred to me is that you take time to show our heroes being scared and like reacting to things because like, you know, when, you, when you're writing uh, like it's it's, you know, these characters are are such archetypal, like, 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 like myth mythological characters and yeah. they're such stand-ins for our 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 audience, and seeing someone like Eddie Brock or Spider-Man, like or Doctor Strange or who or Batman, 
look up at something and be terrified of it is like really important you know you and i have both had what other people have described as meteoric careers you know um and look uh i you know speaking for myself i'm i'm just a human being and i make mistakes you know and i've i've said some shit on twitter that i regret you know i've i've definitely you know you know lashed out but like i'm just learning you know as as it as it goes by and hope hopefully getting better at it and so uh speaking about getting better at it um i i gotta tell you uh i i don't think that greg capullo has ever drawn anything better in his fucking life oh he's on fire dude yeah he's in that first issue of fucking of death metal well i mean that's the thing about greg that i love and the reason i mean just to go back to what you were saying about you and ryan and the thought that i wanted to finish before that i forgot i kind of went off the rails myself it wasn't anything with you but it was it was more that uh the the thing that you need i think in this this whole thing you know is a partner who brings out the best in you and sees even at your worst in some way you care about delivering something personal, you know? So for me, the key to doing Batman with Greg was always, and I'll like to rewind when I met Greg or when we were put together too, we hated each other. Like he (laughs) he came from, he came from a, a school. He sent me as a kind of like, this is how I like to work a script for haunts that he had done with Kirkman. And the script was five pages long or seven pages long for like, yeah, I remember that. I remember that. Yeah. And, you know, I was so neurotic and terrified of having been on detective and being on Batman at that time that everything was not only like full script, but like maniacal full script with multiple references. And, and weirdly like Raphael on American vampire and Jock and Francesco enjoyed working full script and then kind of changing things up. So I hadn't even realized there was a kind of problem with sort of approaching somebody saying, this is how I work and that. And so with Greg, he, he called me and he's like, he, t- he wrote me and he's like, you know, I- I've been writing this email. I've been trying to figure out how to write this email for five minutes and your script is still printing out. I'm running out of paper. You know what I mean? And I, <laughs> yeah. And I was dope. like, well, and he was like, just give me, you know, you got to give me the important stuff and the important dialogue. And I was like, it's all important, Mr. Capullo. You know, I was like being all formal and whatever. And, uh, and, um, what happened was the same thing. We got on the phone, talked story. I realized, you know, he did some sketches and it was amazing. And, but for a long time, actually, for the first four or five months that we worked together, I still wouldn't get off full script. And he was always pushing back and saying, you know, I would give you better work if you let me loosen up. And it was that right. issue five of Court of Owls where it turns around, where I finally was like, you know what? Like, I'll just, whatever idea you have for this, like, I'm just going to write the dialogue. Why not? And part of it was just being so stressed out. And, uh, and he made up that idea that the book would turn and we got, you know, it was, it was sort of a seminal moment in our run. And I remember just realizing how dumb I had been. And then from that point forward, our friendship not only kind of blossomed, but I realized like I can learn from this guy. And so he's been my big brother in terms of showing me how to be a better person, a better writer, yeah. All of that, you know, and his life is a, I mean, I keep telling him, I'm like, write a book, man. And he, he, he plays around with the idea, but I want him to write a book about drawing, like a, a tutorial, like on writing, you know, like the Stephen King book. Right. Where it's like, 
Part which is a which is a by the way a bible for me right me too yeah i mean yeah. like that exactly like, i want him to write something that shows how what what drawing has has meant for him in his life and his approach to it and why why he sort of does it the way he does it and what his story is and because all of it together when you know all of it is just so inspiring on every level where you're just like this guy, the whole idea that he's, you know, he's already a superstar when he comes into Batman. And the thing about him that the biggest lesson I can take from Greg, like the, the biggest thing that I would walk away from other than just being, you know, a better person is that he always is hungry. So just like you said, with death metal, the goal was to come in and say, you know, when I pitched metal one, it was, there was a lot of resistance internally at DC because there was a feeling that we needed to sort of do the kind of, you know, more of a Jeff Johns kind of cosmic reverent event that was dark or the kind yeah, of thing right. to a moment. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, I was like, I just want to do something that reminds people that these things are supposed to be crazy fun and lunatic, you know. Exactly. Like, yes, right. yes. Yes. Right. And I went back exactly. to like Infinity Gauntlet, Infinity War, Infinity Gauntlet and you know, Secret yeah. Invasion and like just all of that stuff, you know. Uh, I want to see all of it, and just like I wanted that. Donnie and I obviously agree with you on that. What? I said Donnie and I obviously agree with you on that. Yeah, yeah it should be big and fun and crazy. I want to. I I have to pee so bad. Yeah, go. Uh, but <laughs> but I want to. I want to. I want to ask you a question to fill time. Um 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 not not to fill time because I I will I I actually want to hear this answer because I'll actually be able to hear you guys when I'm going and peeing you won't be able to hear me peeing but um do you want to ask him when you get back because i also have a question reading reading that first issue of death metal seeing you seamlessly tie together like the things that you have done on batman and the things that jeff johns has done on 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 his watchman stuff and 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 all the Justice League stuff and like and like making it all cohesive, like it seems like like honestly, like I read it and like in the nicest way possible, I looked at it and I was like, motherfucker, I would never want that job to try and <laughs> to try and to to and you did it perfectly. Like I I, I understood it all perfectly. You know, like, like I, I, like, like I could have walked into that book as a new reader and understood that, you know, but like, you know, like Ryan and I have it pretty easy because, you know, Ryan and I's big event is, has been seated for like two years now or three years now of, you know, the God of symbiotes null is coming. And, and now, you know, I don't think it's a surprise to anybody that, Null's gonna arrive on Earth, you know. But yeah. like, you are dealing with such multiversal, you know, and also adding in the Watchmen parts of things, and like the beginning of the. Which, by the way, I love, I love your ACDC joke oh, when, <laughs> when the when the Batman who laughs like arrives in their in their in their private conversation but like taking all of that and like harnessing all of that 
like um i'm gonna leave to go pee when you answer this um but but how much of that was you and you wanting to make all that because really what it honestly what it reminded me of of a lot and you actually touch on it in that big spread of seeing hal jordan as parallax yeah you know like you actually touch on jeff johns is kind of like explanation of why he became parallax as as it being you know touched upon by the 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 anti-crisis kind of you know thing right like i want to know i want to know how much of that is you wanting to serve your own story and how much of that is you wanting to serve dc as an entity and being the leader that you are as scott snyder the top writer at dc and like wanting to serve dc and like try to make everything cohesive and like make it important and how much of that is combined with i also want to tell this story of bruce you know I, t- so, I totally understand what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, I think for me with that, the math is essentially, I've gotten to do everything I wanted with Batman. I've gotten to do a lot with Superman, Swamp Thing, you know, multiple characters. And I've been at DC 10 plus years at this point, you know, and I've done some creator owns both there and elsewhere. Like we've done Witches and AD and stuff outside. Um, but not nearly as much as I thought I would do when I came into comics. So I'm just like being completely raw and honest about it. I always thought that I would do some DC comics and some uh, creator, mostly creator owned. And I always saw Jeff and people like Jeff and Brian Bendis as the kind of shepherds of, of these, you know, massive mythologies. And I would be more of somebody who did like the black mirror and then kind of went out and did my own stuff. And what happened when I was kind of, I was like pushed onto Batman, not in a, in a way that I didn't want it, but it was more like, I, I didn't know it was going to be number one. I didn't know it was going to be Greg Capullo. I thought it would be an extension. I didn't know Grant was going to be kind of off on Batmaning. I thought it was going to be something where I'd still be kind of, you know, the indie Batman, not the big Batman. But once that happened and you kind of adjust to those priorities and you take on that mantle and you say, all right, you know what, if I'm going to do it, then I have to do the work and think about the history of this character and where he is in terms of what people think of him, and how I'm going to make him my own and write about things that are personal and all of that. And then when you get to event level stuff now, for me, it's the same kind of math. So the way that I approach something like death metal is it's an event. So it needs to be about what we think our heroes and our company, like our line stands for right now. And the thing that I pitched back in 2016, 2017, that I feel even more strongly about now is that, you know, sometimes we feel that comics need to be, like everything needs to be kind of blown up and started over constantly in ways that I think try and attract a new audience that uh, is, is, is growing and is there and is young, but doesn't necessarily always respond to the idea that we're just starting it over, so come on in, you know? Uh, And then there's also the audience that feels that everything should be uh, almost, you know, devoted to a singular continuity that goes back to a certain time and that, you you know, it's cumulative and all of that. 
And all of that's important too. Like both things are, are valid and valid approaches. But the thing that has worked best for me and Greg on Batman and the thing that I believe is that we need to, to do both. You know, you need to take some measured risk and to try and push things forward. But also right. you, have to, you have to also acknowledge the generational aspect of comics and the dedication that these fans have, you know, over years and years and years of reading. And, and there's that's also, racing all that's, of it. Also, that's also what you're doing, which I love so much about what I what I loved and appreciated so much about dark about 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 uh, um, uh, about um, dark dark metal. Yeah. I'm not not forgetting the name. I have a speech impediment. No. Sometimes it, it it gets caught up. Um, is it it felt like. Um, it felt like at times, um, like the big crises, like crisis on multiple earths where it was these personal stories, but it was also dealing with the nature of just what DC comics is. I, I, I wanted to ask you about one specific comment, um, yeah, sure. in, 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 in that, that double page spread where mm-hmm. you, you, you talk about, you know, like the, there was the crisis, you know, like polarity and all that kind of stuff. You have this line where you say that our meaning DC's world was set up to absorb and like absolve other things and take them in. Is that a subtle reference to how DC as a company started out like buying like charlatan characters and bringing in Shazam and like absorbing? I know what you're saying. I hadn't thought of it that way. It's more the idea is supposed to be that the way that we've set up the mythology through Justice League and all of this is that the DC universe was started in such a way that it was this kind of weird anomaly and that's this kind of cosmic goddess that we made up perpetua uh and she's made she made it something that didn't sort of obey the laws of nature that the hand and the presence and all these kind of dc cosmic forces yeah uh, uh, adhere to and so she built it in a way that was abnormal she's punished for it she's sort of uh enclosed in the sort of wall and then when lex luthor and the legion of doom break that wall she's right. free and yeah, now of she's kind of raining so the yeah, idea is yeah. more the idea is supposed to be that what I'm getting at with death metal is this is like the entire story is about the is the is about the belief that there's a way of both acknowledging years and years of continuity and dedication both you know on the part of fans retailers and the characters themselves yeah and then also being able to say and it's time for some risks to be taken going forward that you know aren't there to just upset you and throw out the baby with the bathwater, but that are are additive, like we were saying earlier. They're yeah, bringing uh, characters yeah, that deserve yeah. a bigger chance and all of that stuff. So Wonder Woman, to me, as the main character of the story, and the reason she has like a chainsaw of truth in it, all of that stuff so is, deliberate, is cool. deliberately chosen. Chosen, <laughs> you know, where it's my so thing, cool. thanks, man. I mean, all of it is kind of deliberate. Where the idea is that she's trying to say. You know, nobody wants to look at the truth, but the truth is all of us are on the same side for comics where, you know, whether you believe that it should be this very conservative sort of Silver Age reboot now 
or you think that it should be something that moves past all of the characters and tries brand new characters in all kinds of ways, there is a, there's, there's a way of doing all of that at once, whether you're doing some in digital, some in this, some in that, you know, however you try it, the goal yeah. is all of it. Like the goal yeah. is all of it. I just, you know? I just, I just, I just like, as kind of like a weird, like student of like, I, I've always been fascinated by how DC was founded and how, you know, Marvel was always, um, I think the only character that Marvel has ever taken from a different company was Black Knight. Um, and DC is, is at the first, at, at, at their beginning, they like absorbed all these characters. And then also you add that line in where I was thinking about it. I was like, oh, is he also talking about Watchmen? Is he also talking about the absorption of these Charlton characters that have become this other thing that are now so, so important to this mythology. It really did feel like reading Jeff John's rebirth again, where suddenly, sure. you know, and like Jeff John's rebirth is such a huge inspiration on Ryan and I's run where yeah. we, we were trying to take 30 years of venom comics and, the same way that Jeff Johns did like boil them down and be like, Hey, here, here's an explanation for all the continuity errors. Here is an explanation yeah. for, they're not necessarily retcons. They're just like explaining things that like, like pieces of the mythology that you didn't know. Like you're just uncovering, which is going back to that additive idea that yeah. you and i keep on talking yeah, and it's it's synergistic where i mean the thing that i've learned from jeff and it's funny because jeff jeff and i at times have had you know not to be again like too inside the beltway but there were times where when i was coming up we had not a contentious relationship but just a distant relationship where there were things that that i i, I was trying to be deferential and and support some of the stuff he was doing but I also didn't, I didn't understand the politics at DC. And so sometimes I would, you know, make a mistake or all right. of it. The, the point I'm trying to make is that now we have become friends over the last few years and seeing, seeing the beauty of what he often was able to do, which is take a classic mythology and the kind of convoluted modern interpretation and marry them in a way that would make he's sense. So, he's make he's, he's yeah, he's so good at that. And, and so are you, like you were... Oh. I mean, I, I, learned, I learned at his feet with that, and he's, like, I just talked to him yesterday, actually, about stuff with death metal and the idea of of, of being able to say, there are always going to be people that you're going to upset. There are always stories you're going to leave on the cutting room floor. There are always things that, like, you know, to this day, I did one arc on Justice League that mentioned that there are seven or something dimensions, and now I still have people DMing me being like, but wait, but in the old continuity, there were nine dimensions and this and that. And I keep trying to say, <laughs> oh, like, oh, I know, with it, I know, with it. You know like, I know, I know. Always, that'll always be there. But you're, what you try and do is you you try and figure out what's beautiful about or what 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 goes cuts to the core of the character with the kind of the classic mythology. What's the best of the stuff that's been done in a way now that also speaks to that same core definitive kind of dna of what the character is about and then right, you if right. you can synthesize those the way you guys have been able to with eddie and with you know with venom i mean to me that's that's the fun 
And then yeah. you make something, like you said, that's additive, it's recombinant, it's exciting to people because they see that you love the same stuff they love, even if you take some risks. Because the thing that I'd say is like, you know, what you're doing with Venom, what we did with Batman, the, the fun of it is that when you do it, when you do it in a way that you love and you're, you're writing about things you care about, a lot of the time I feel like people forget that you're, you're upsetting them. So like with Batman, right. people now are like, oh, Court of Owls, you know, it's, or even like Black Mirror, they're like, oh, it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a fun read and it's part of the shelf of certain things with detective or whatever. But at the time, people were really angry at me when I, when we announced that we were going to give Jim Gordon a psychotic son they were really pissed off. And the same thing with like the possibility of giving Batman a quasi maybe brother. And, you know, the fact that he didn't know the court of owls exist, all of that stuff was upsetting the same way. Right. I feel like when you do the things you do with Venom and null and sort of adding to the mythology, all of the stuff that you're bringing, the initial reaction is this kind of knee jerk. What the fuck are they doing with that? Are they, you know, right. running, like you said, that, yeah. But what you're really doing is you're taking the pieces that you love, that they love too, and you're making something bigger and and hopefully, uh, yeah, synergistic that eventually someone else will add to and make make something even bigger than you. Or you know? or 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 also get rid of. Yeah, sure. Or just yeah, travel. yeah, and and just and and off. you know, wh whoever comes on Venom after. Ryan and I are done. If they want to burn it to the ground, that's that's also fine. I I, well, I didn't want to tell you, but Greg and I are actually coming to take that. Are we announcing this now? Are we we'd be, are we doing we'd be this? Thrilled. Are we doing this? <laughs> yeah, awesome. and, Ryan and, I are, and Ryan and I are and Ryan and I are. This is when you don your gold chain and exactly. and Ryan and I put on our Batman shirts. Right. Um, I would love to see your Batman 100%. I really would. I, mean, I, 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 um, on that note, I think we should probably start trying to wrap up. I know we all have. Yeah, I'm, it's, I, I was going to say, late. I feel like we can start winding down. We did get a yeah. question in the chat that I feel like puts a nice bow on the thing, which is, uh, I, I lost who Just the name of who asked it, but they said, if you want, I, I, I can, I can keep trucking along here if you if you if you're up to i mean it. whatever you guys feel like if, we're approaching if, we, if it's like a set let's thing start yeah. let's start let's start taking some questions from the audience yeah, we, and and, yeah, and, and see if i go back to that house and that baby wakes up i have to take that baby but if i stay out here and i'm <laughs> people can see yeah, it then, yeah yeah totally, i know because totally. i took the baby for a long time today to get this time so i'm kind of like yeah, okay all right great yeah, so somebody Ethan, asked wanna... whether death metal was the uh, result of the Black Winter eating the DC universe. Uh, uh, in oh, that's Thor. so funny. Uh, <laughs> I I read I, that. I love I, that you referenced the DC stuff with that. You know, I, and, I, I, and I feel like all of us want to do a DC Marvel crossover. I Grant was the one when I did Metal Number One, and I pitched Death Metal, and I I was talking to him about Metal itself to see if he wanted to do any of it, and he's like, "How does it end when you break the Source Wall?" And uh, I was like, you know, well, it just ends with with them not knowing what's coming and that stuff. And then I'm going to leave or if if it fails and we can't do death metal, then, you know, we'll have left a, a bigger universe. And he right. was like, Scott, he was like, you're missing the best ending. Like, what is it? And he was like, you know, the, the Marvel universe breaks. comes through. Yeah. He, I mean, the source wall breaks, it falls down. And who's there but the silver surfer. And then he's like, he literally he was like, and then you take the mic. You drop it and you walk away. <laughs> exactly. I, like, I wish. Yeah. I wish to God we could do it. And and and, you know, uh, we Scott, you and I should be careful right now. Um, uh, but hopefully, 
hopefully some of those things happen. But I was, it was funny. I was doing a signing with Jim Lee uh, at yeah, Torpedo at, at 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 Torpedo Comics um, yeah, uh, in 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 Vegas. Vegas and. And that issue of Thor came out. I think I, I get. I, I guess I want to say it's issue three, where the Black uh, Winter uh, just comes and just takes the entire DCU and just destroys it and just yeah, destroys it with, with okay. it. Yeah. Just just destroys it in like three pages and just moves on. And like no one at Marvel gave me guff over it. Like no one blinked an eye over it, and then it hit the internet, and it was like it hit the internet right at the same time as Jeff Johns' last issue of the Watchmen thing came out, where he predicted the crossover, and people were like, "Oh my god, this is it!" And I was sitting next to Jim Lee at this signing, and I was like, "Hey, uh, are you mad at me?" And he was like. About what? And I was like, the entire internet is uh, really mad at me because I just killed your entire company. And he was like, you did what? And I I pulled the PDF up on, on my on my on my phone and I just showed it to Jim Lee. And Jim goes, oh my god, that's fucking hilarious. Like that that <laughs> Jim, fucking Jim's the bad. Jim, Jim doesn't get mad at anybody. I, yeah, I talk, no, like, Jim, Jim, Jim's like a magical, Jim is phenomenal. You know, Jim is phenomenal. I remember when I, I was working on Superman with him and uh, Superman Unchained, and, like, uh, it was the first issue or so, and we were at San Diego, and there was a big... It was back when Godzilla first came out, and I'm, like, a diehard Godzilla fan from childhood. I grew up in New York City, and every Sunday they had on Channel 11 WPIX Monster Matinee on Sunday, and I would watch these Godzilla movies all the time. And so I remember Jim was like, I know you like Godzilla. They're having a Godzilla preview. They set up this whole activation where you can go in and it's a museum and da-da-da. Do you want to go? And I'm like, well, I tried, but it's sold out. And he was like, boop-a-doop-a-doop-boop on his Blackberry. And he's like, well, we have tickets, so you should go. And we were on an interview, and I was like, are you sure? And he's like, go ahead. You know, you go, go ahead of me, and I'll meet you there. And like, you know, whatever. And I'm like, okay, God, great. So I left the interview ran out of the convention center. I could basically see where it was because it was straight down through the gas lamp thing. Ran there, like sweating, you know what I mean? Got there because he was like, oh, you know, we only have 15, 20 minutes. Got there and Jim was already there. And I was like, how did you do that? How did you travel here? And he's like, what do you mean? I walked. And I, that's when I realized, I was like, Jim is a magical, like, <laughs> magical being of some kind. And that was it. I was like, I'll never understand the physics of how you beat me to this thing when I could see where I was going and I ran. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Whatever secret tunnel you you went through or whatever, I will always I will always like bow down to Jim Lee's powers. He's amazing. Um, I have I have uh, two questions from the chat, and yeah. then um, and then I think we should probably wrap it up. Sure. Um, if, that, if that's okay with you guys. Yeah. Um, uh, a fan wants to know. Um, oh God, I've lost their name now. Um, who came up with the with the metal surnames in the credits for for the book? Oh, that's the, oh, like for us, it's actually we leave that to this one editor who loves doing it. His name's Dave Wilgots. And he's amazing. He's a big metal fan. And he basically, like, 
he loves it so much that we just let him make them all up. So he comes back with all of that all the time. Uh, no, I loved it. I loved it because it reminded me of of you know those old school Stanley John you know, you know, you know, John the Bruiser Basima kind of shit, yeah. you know. And well, that, that thing is like if I could say one thing about metal before the last question is just what we're trying to do it like with the first one, even the choice to do that narration that's kind of like third person omniscient you know which i've never i'd never tried before that is that kind of like grand, I, I love, I love majestic like, yeah, yeah that lofty and with this one i wanted it to be more known you know now if narr there's narration is from sergeant rock who's a rotting zombie you see him in issue four and he's just a skull and a and a helmet that's being carried along by ambush bug and that stuff in the war zone and we eventually catch up to that scene but the idea is to the idea really for me is is you know, each, this one, death metal is something, the reason it doesn't have that kind of narration, the reason it's raw, the reason it's meant to be kind of dark but fun, is it, we want it to be about acknowledging, you know, longtime fans and also new fans and saying what we're going to build on the other side of this is something yeah. special that invites you in, that's bright and fun, but also try, has a couple, try some and that so it's you know these events are always about trying to present a future vision of the company and saying why why what matters matters um and the goal with it is to, to tell a story that really is a thank you that's the whole thing well that, I mean, so, that's that's and, and, and that's, by the way like, a, more, this, like, a more a more eloquent version of what i was saying earlier when i when i said that it feels like when you when you when you read that book that you're reading issue five of a twenty issue arc. Yeah. Like no, like I mean, that's... like you're dropped into this this madness and yeah. and 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 the curiosity and the and the and the um the uh, fear uh, or, or pure like ferocity. Of right. that book between you and and Scott uh, or and and Greg is is just fucking phenomenal and it's so impressive. Yeah, um, I the last thing I'll say about it and then I'll shut up about it is just that you know also it's the last time we're gonna do it. Meaning like I know I've said before it's our last Batman thing, it's our last thing. But Greg and I we really were so grateful for the kind of the the run that everybody's given us and we still have stuff at dc we have we have things we want to do but this idea of doing like events and doing things that are kind of you know uh line wide and this i really want to step back from that and focus on creator owns creator owned greg creator right owned, right know, all of it. well i know i know i know that greg like, really wants to work oh. with me so uh <laughs> you know so hey, so honestly you know, I, I would be i would be maybe Maybe we maybe we do a key party and you can have Stegman for a little bit and I'll have I'll have Capullo for a little bit. Hey, um, I, I would I'm, I'm glad that I'm, I have no no, no agency in this. Much. <laughs> if you wanna you wanna trade partners for a little bit and do that, Ryan, I'd be honored to work with you on anything and that would be a lot of fun, man. And yeah, like you know, eventually you guys get back together. Greg and I get back together. It's it's all good. We're all fun. You know, it's all yeah. Fun. I'm not going anywhere. You're not going anywhere. Greg Capoo is not going anywhere. On that note, I want to end on one last question, and then we'll say our good nights because we've 
Sure. Almost been going for two like two hours now, which is just just Scott. I before I ask this dumb question, uh, I just want to say thank you so much. For, oh no, it's a pleasure, for, dude. And honestly, like if you, I don't, know, I don't know what the I don't know what the 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 format is in terms of like bringing guests back, but. I have a great time talking to you guys. I'd be more than happy to come on as much as you want. So uh, you're, you're, we do something where we, we don't talk about like stuff we're promoting and we just talk craft or we just talk, you know, we just talk war stories or we just talk like right. books we love growing up or, you know, like pages, things that we own. It's my McFarlane page when I'm 13, like whatever it is, uh, like get out of here. Fun. We, this, this kind of thing, the, like, you know, again, like there's COVID, you don't get out. I haven't seen anybody, all of it. But also, like, yeah, getting to refocus on the idea of talking to other people that have the same passions and well, that's, getting that's, to that's, talk freely. I mean, I, I would love to do this more. So yeah, well, that's I, why that's why Ryan and I started this is just because we Ryan and I are legitimately best friends, and we just wanted an opportunity to look at each other's faces and talk, and also <laughs> talk to our audiences because I know that. Our fans, uh, we miss our fans as much as our, our fans miss us being able to be at shows. And hopefully, you know, knock on wood, you know, um, next year we'll be able to do that. Um, but again, uh, before I ask this dumb question, um, uh, in fact, actually, I have two questions for you. One is a serious yeah. one and one is a classic uh, Stegman and his amazing friends question that I have to ask you <laughs> that every guest gets asked. Okay? The first one is uh, someone in the chat said when the fuck is American Vampire and Redneck gonna cross over? Oh, and I mean, I, I would, well, the only thing we're, so we're doing an arc of American Vampire right now that we're on issue 4 of 10. So mm -hmm. they're going to announce it in literally in, in weeks. Like, they just wanted us to get four issues in. It's called American Vampire Bicentennial 1976. Oh, great. So as soon as we're done with that, which I would love to do it. So, I mean, I think it would be a blast. I'm totally for it. We just, we, we've been dying to get this one arc done. That would bring, it, yeah. this basically brings us up to yeah. the present. So yeah. as soon as this is finished. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I am down whenever you are free, I think. I think the characters of Redneck are the Bartlett's and the Grandpa's uh, yeah. meet, meeting Skinner Sweet, you know, in a in the distant. we'll have more control over it once we bring it to the present, just contractually as well. So I think it would yeah. be a lot to get to do something like that. All right. Well, let's let's you and I keep on keeping our eye on that. Yeah. So yeah. the last question um, before I give it over to Ethan and Ryan to close our show out. Um, is the question that we ask. It was one of our first episodes we ever did where we opened it up to the audience. And someone asked the greatest question of all time. And uh, we ask it of every guest. And that question is this. If, if there were two people <laughs> on the moon... And one of them killed the other person with a space rock. Would that be fucked up? <laughs> I mean, it depends who they are. 
You know exactly. What I mean? Yes. Yes. Exactly. What's the story. Like yeah, what's because, the... because if one of them is Hitler, then no. It's well, not and if it's one of them is fault that they got stuck there, and yeah, the other also, one is like, if I kill you, also, I can get home. I mean, there's a story there. That's the whole thing. It's like, what's the, what's the? That's that's where you and I come in, and we're like, you know. Yeah, I mean, also here's the biggest question that I think Ryan brought up one time is it changes the entire story. Is was it a moon rock, or did they bring that rock? That's a big deal. Yeah. That changes the story entirely you know so like there is no definitive answer right but i think i i think it is a hemingway level question <laughs> is that well, fucked up we'll never know because we don't when have we, more when we do with the dc marvel crossover we'll start it that way let's start, start it that way <laughs> talk, it'll talk be like spider-man on the moon with one rock yeah. Yeah, Superman and Doc Manhattan are, are Thor and Superman are on the moon and there's a rock. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, all right, guys. Since you guys can't see it on the live stream, I'm gonna show. I'm gonna hold this up to the camera so you guys can see. The yeah, look. Precious. Oh, why? I can't uh, I realize you're drawing this whole time, dude. I <laughs> yeah, Scott, can you That's see beautiful. it? It looks great. That's gorgeous. You just there did you that go. while we were talking. Yeah, we're gonna put this up. You you can pick a charity. We'll donate the money for it. Whatever sure. we uh, get for this. Yeah. So and if you want the, if you want that charity to be Ethan and Griffin. <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> yeah, right. So again, yeah. so, so again, just to reiterate, um, um, that that drawing that Ryan just did is a one of a kind. Ryan has never drawn that character before. It is gonna be mailed around the country. I'm gonna sign it. Ryan's gonna sign it. Greg Greg Capullo is gonna sign it. Scott's gonna sign it, and then we're gonna put it up for auction on Twitter, and we're gonna donate all the proceeds uh, to uh, a, a very worthy charity. We don't know which one yet. Um, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll figure have, it out. I think. I mean, yeah. what I'd love to do if it's if it's sort of all of us deciding honestly is that you know with everything going on in the world too, I feel like I feel like you know. We like we were talking earlier about I think a couple of people have pointed out to me too, like how how lucky we've been in terms of our trajectories. And yeah, all of that, you know, and the fact that not only that, but like I certainly have I've definitely dared DC to fire me a couple of times where I remember it was like I think it was Cecil Castellucci that pulled me aside once and was like a woman would never get away with that kind of yelling at a boss the way you just did. And that and I sure. think what I've been the last couple of years, like one of the things that I, I, the reason I wanted to start the teaching up again and, you know, the fact that doing that is probably the thing I'm proudest of at DC, but sure. giving, maybe we can give it to creators for creators or something that, that encourages emergent voices in comics. Cause I, I feel agree. like right now it's such a, it's much like a crazy time and shops are closing and we're all worried about distribution and diamond and all that. It's also like a really, Every time it comes to the comics that are being produced roots and out there, there's so many voices. So if we can do something that kind of brings, you know, that that might not have the same resources we do, I think that would be that'd be a good direction. Yeah. Scott, I think I think I think you're right on. I completely agree. Um, we'll um, we'll we'll have news about that. We'll have private discussions about where sure. the best place it can that can go. Um, um, and we'll have news for you guys, uh, next week, but 
I, I, um, this has been wonderful, Scott. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. No, it's been a blast, man. And honestly, like anytime I'm happy to come back and I really appreciate you having me on and, you know, thank you to everybody that's supporting all of us, like your books, our books, the industry itself. Like right now, Absolutely. I feel like we're all, we're all in it together. So, you know, yeah. any chance we, get, we don't get to go to cons to say thank you. Yeah. So anyone yeah. watching, yeah. just thank yeah. you. I feel very blessed. Yeah. Feel very, 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 very blessed. Um, Should I take us out? uh, Yeah, Ethan, you want to take us out, buddy? Yeah, one thing I'll say to you, Scott, real fast, is that you got a comment from Oscar Asario who said Scott should start a podcast. Uh, And just to let you know, the Amazing Friends Network is always open to you, and Griffin and I work for free. So you just give us the word, and you'll, in your inbox, have the first episode of your very own podcast, and you might be in it, too. So, um, Sure. Sure, why not? Uh, Mike Scott needs more jobs. I I I honestly like the the dad job right now with summer coming is the and them home and all of that stuff and COVID is the I'm probably I was gonna I'm probably next week gonna say something about stepping away. You're 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 so goddamn popular that you could do a podcast about you going out with like you just recording your daily walks with your baby. And, and people would fucking love that. <laughs> That's true. Um, but Oscar's not the only one listening. We had a whole lot of people turning up to the chat. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you yeah, all for thank being you here. Everyone thank you so much, so Scott, much, for being so here. Much. Um, and uh, thanks for listening to yet another yeah. episode of Stegman and his amazing friends. We have been Ryan, Donnie, Scott, and Ethan. Uh, you- and uh, we'll be back next week. Make sure you tweet at us at Stegman Show. Uh, or email us at stegmanandfriends at gmail.com. And, uh, you can find us on iTunes and Spotify. And um, uh, please uh, subscribe. Uh, hit that smash button. Um, Scott Snyder will... Like uh, that smash. Scott Snyder will personally come to your house and sign autographs mm-hmm. of Scott of Batman books if you subscribe to our podcast. That's mm-hmm, a guarantee. That's true. Yep. Um, um, individually, we're at uh, Don Cates on Twitter. Uh, Ryan Stegman, you're on you're on Twitter as well, right, Ryan? Yes, as uh, Ryan Stegman. As Ryan Stegman, Scott, what are you on Twitter? What's your handle? Um, S Snyder one eight three five. That's Elvis's birthday. I'm I, I'm like a long time since All I was right. a little kid Elvis fan. So it's one eight. So very cool. All right, cool. and I'm at Great, Astonished. Thanks, everybody, and we will Great, see you man. next week. And um, and and yeah. by the time this is this is going to come out, um, I hope everyone has had a great uh, July Fourth and uh, has celebrated the America uh, that should exist. And uh, and be safe and uh be good to each other love someone be dope read comics stay safe this is uh donny cates uh for ryan stegman ethan and scott snyder saying we love you read comics be dope and have a good night thanks everybody